Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is the EHR that I use in my group practice, and I love it. It's got great customer service, awesome note templates, accurate reports like revenue reports for doing your payroll, and it has testing and med management functions. Get two free months at therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Hey everyone, today I wanted to talk a little bit about things you can ask your attorney to make sure that your business is running legally and efficiently. I know that people ask a lot about, you know, whether they should have independent contractors or employees, how they should pay their staff, how often they should pay their staff. And people are really passionate in our Facebook groups about whether or not they think that having independent contractors is allowed or paying a percentage if that's considered fee splitting. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about how to just make sure that you're running your business effectively and legally based off of where you live. So um, one of the most important things that comes to my mind is that you need to make sure that you're checking in with your attorney. I'd say every year. Some people might say every six months. But laws change randomly, and your attorney is likely not going to be going down the line of people that they've ever worked with to make sure and let them know that a new law has been put into place. Um, An example is in July of this year, in my county, so not my city, not my state, but in my county, a law went into effect July 1st that all employers need to pay for paid sick time. And so I, by luck, was talking to my attorney about making some changes on my contract and I think this was in December sometime, and we she had brought up that in July this new law will be put in place. And so we ended up, you know, making those changes as of January first just to make things easy. But if I hadn't contacted her, who knows when I would have figured this out because I'm I'm not one that uh, you know goes on to law websites and tries to figure these things out. Um, so something that I've learned along the way is that I just need to make sure that I'm keeping regular contact with my attorney just to make sure that nothing new is coming up or um, has been put into place. And so that would be my number one suggestion is to just make sure that you are checking in with your attorney just to make sure that nothing new has come up in your state or your city. The other thing is that um, you cannot just be checking with your state laws There are city laws, there are county laws, I'm sure there are, you know, laws within, you know, even smaller geographic areas. And so don't just be looking for what your state requires, because as in my example, it was a, it's a county law. So it's not even for the whole state or for the specific, a specific city, it's for a county. So Um, That's my second suggestion. And then I want to go over some questions that I know people may not be thinking about when they're talking to their attorney. And um, sometimes attorneys don't may not be thinking about this, you know, these specific questions as being relevant to your practice. So here's a a few things that I've thought of that are good, 
you know, starters of conversation with your attorney just to make sure that you're completely aware where you're at, um, what you have the ability to do in your practice. So I'd start with just making sure if you're having into, um, employees that you ask if you need to pay for malpractice insurance for your employees. Um, here where I'm at, we do have to pay as the employer. We have to pay for our employees' malpractice insurance. Um, but that doesn't mean that if they're practicing elsewhere that they don't need to have their own malpractice insurance as well. But um, I need to cover that where I'm at. And so you want to make sure that in your state that you know whether or not it's required for you to pay for your employee's malpractice insurance. And what does that mean if you have independent contractors? As far as I know, everywhere independent contractors should be covering their own malpractice insurance, but it's always good to ask. Um, Another thing is just to check if your city, state, county, town has any laws in place when it comes to having employees, whether that's having to pay for sick time or vacation time or providing any other type of compensation. Um, Does your state have any restrictions on how you pay your staff? And this might change whether you have independent contractors or employees. So um, I would ask for both if you're not yet sure on whether you're going to have independent contractors or employees is to ask, is there any regulation or law as to how you can pay, whether that you can pay a percentage um, or a commission, or if you can only pay a flat rate and not a percentage or commission. Um, And then I'd take it a step further and ask if there is a specific rate that you need to pay, whether it's weekly or biweekly or monthly, um, because uh, I pay monthly, but I know in some states, um, for per- and I do percentage pay, um, that's allowed, but in some other states, that's not. So you want to check and see if I'm paying um, for employees, can I pay a percentage or can I pay a flat rate or can I pay a salary? And then how often do I need to ma- be making those uh, payroll checks out? And then another important question to ask is, um, do I need to pay for my clinician's time for doing notes or calling, you know, primary care physicians or parents or other treatment providers of our clients? Or can that be bundled into their, you know, what we call their clinical hour that we pay for? I know this is a big question. Some people will pay extra for uh, non-clinical time. Others bundle it together. So I would ask if that's okay and, you know, how that needs to be done. And then what about non-clinical things like marketing? Maybe you don't require marketing. If you require anything, you're going to have to pay for it. But if you don't require it, let's say, you know, you don't require marketing, but if they go and do it, is that something you have to pay for? Or if you offer optional case consultation meetings with your in your group, is that something you have to pay for if it's optional? Um, these are questions for if you have W-2s. So ask that because you never know if that's different in your area versus in my area or a friend or colleague of yours. Also, with W-2s, asking if you need to track all of their hours worked, including non-clinical hours. I don't think a lot of people do this. And for me, it's, you know, I was told that this is important to do. And so I have to track, you know, things that they do that aren't just seeing clients. And so if that includes marketing or networking, um, any staff meetings or anything like that, you need to make sure that you're counting those hours or tracking those hours. So I would ask and make sure, is that something that you need to be tracking? And then do you need to allow a certain amount of time off for your W-2s each year? 
Um, there may be a law in your state that requires that you at least offer, you know, two weeks, four weeks off per year, and it may be unpaid or paid. So asking that. And then um, do you need, if you have W-2s, do they suggest that you have an employee manual and an offer letter or a contract? And so this is something newer that people are talking about is instead of having a contract with W-2s, it's having an offer letter, an employee manual. I guess there are some benefits to having one um, and there's benefits to having the other, but maybe having that conversation with your attorney about which one is most beneficial for you when you do hire new people. Um, what are your rights when it comes to letting go of staff, whether that's independent contractor or employee? Ask them what your rights are and, and what the you know regulations are if you decide that you want to let someone go, just so that you're prepared in case that ever does happen. You feel confident that you have a choice and that you know the route and the steps you need to take to be able to do that. And then um, one of my you know last kind of questions is. How can I protect my business when it comes to staff leaving? I know this is an issue that you know people have, and they're not quite sure. We talk people talk about non compete clauses and that not being enforceable, and you know how do you protect the integrity of your business? And so I would talk to an attorney and ask, you know, what protection can I have with my business when it comes to staff leaving? Whether that's non competes or protection of materials like your intake paperwork, um, and see if they have any suggestions on how you can protect your business. And uh, that's my list of important questions. There's obviously a ton more that you can ask, but I think these are kind of the main important, valid for every group practice owner type of questions, and it gets the conversation going. Um, so hopefully you find these useful. And uh, I'll see you next week on another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Have a good week, everyone. Talk to you later.